Hey, 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 it is Friday, October 28th, 2022, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. I am Brandon Belisle, and this is Success Never Sleeps, and I got a special virtual background, so it looks a little crazy. It's because it is. It's a little crazy, so, and I thought we'd mess around. I'm still here in, in, in Millbrae at the Millbrae location hanging out with you. Um, I want to begin by thanking my sponsors. Of course, my sponsors, my studio, Market Muscles, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting, four very progressive companies on the edge of disruption, creating quality products. But more than that, their service is monumental to me. They're people that I love. They're people that I care about. They're people that are always trying to better what they do. They're people that care about the people that they choose to be in relationships with. And that's powerful. I mean, it's not always going to be a smooth ride. You know, we know that. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to work. And when it doesn't, then we need to be able to fall back on the trust that we have in that relationship that we build. And I watch people jump from vendor to vendor to vendor, right? All the time. They jump from one website company to another, one software company to another. And anytime something doesn't go their way, they, they, they take that stance. And I'm going to encourage you not to do that because especially with technology, things change dramatically all the time. Case in point, you know, Mark Zuckerberg said that yesterday to the shareholders that are still with Meta. Meta took another 25% dump yesterday. I think on the year, Meta's down like freaking 60%, something outrageous, outrageous. It dropped out of the top 25 stocks on and on. But, you know, they have a very clear vision on what they want to do moving into the metaverse. And they could be wrong. They could be wrong, right? They could be wrong. But the point he was sharing with people is thank you so much for sticking with us. And as we go through these challenging times and these transitions, it had to happen sooner or later. And if Facebook didn't make this move, it could end up like, can you say MySpace, right? Can you say that? Snapchat just moved out of their building here in San Francisco, on and on and on. So tech companies are always going to be in a very volatile position. But the yin to the yana that is somebody like an Apple. Apple's taken off. I think today it's 156. Yesterday was as low as what, 138 or something like that. You know, but they found their, their third quarterly earnings were pretty decent. Let me check on that because I think that's powerful. <clears throat> yeah, 156 right now. And that's powerful stuff, right? So I think what, what I'm trying to share when I talk about market muscles in my studio and kids love life skills and LC accounting, these are generational businesses that are going to be here decade after decade after decade, unless they sell it, right? Unless they sell it, they will be here because there are people who are passionate or they're building companies, not always to sell. And you know, we hear that a lot. And as we talk today about building a successful martial arts business from the ground up, I want you to ask yourself that question. There's two sides to the coin. One, smart businesses, you always build a business that you want to sell. Why? Because it's not dependent upon you. And I think that's the more true part about that statement. Build a business that you want to sell, whether you're going to sell it or not. Because what happens with that type of mindset is you build a business that is not dependent upon you being there. And I think that's that's the main point. So the SOPs, a staff that does it better than you, you know, all those different things that create that business that allows you not to have to be there. Creating a business that works for you versus you working for it 
is really powerful. So I think that's what they mean by that, build a business you want to sell. And so if we think that way and we create that type of business, then year in and year out, decade after decade, challenge after challenge, you're able to endure and survive. And I'm looking at how we came through the pandemic and where we are today. And as we face this recession, which I believe is here, I don't care how low unemployment is or what's going on. The bottom line is I know for a fact the tech sector tends to lead the way they're getting pounded. Apple, Microsoft, you know, Facebook, Google, uh, YouTube, everybody's got freezes on hiring. They're cutting back. Some are laying off. So it's happening. And if that's where it begins, it's going to trickle down into all the other sectors and we're going to feel that impact. So I want you to be very mindful of that when you're creating a business, you don't want to build a right now business, right? A right now business. And a lot of people did that during the pandemic. They had ghost kitchens, things like that to survive, but they were right now businesses, right? Can you say Peloton? Look at the state of Peloton right now. That's another example of a right now business. So you want to be mindful when you're cultivating the, your, your, your business for success that you think long-term, like the stock market, think long-term. Cool. All right. Lots of people coming aboard. I want to know who you are. Bob Poole. Good afternoon, Bob Poole. Jason Smith saying hello to myself and all the fellow disruptors. If you're here and you're tuning in, please let us know that. And if you want to share this, those of you that are here that share this, we would appreciate that as well. So what do I got coming up? It's Time Live Balance is coming up April 15th through 18th, right here in Millbury, California, five minutes from the airport. We're focusing on the 20 spots. You know, you spend four days with me, it'll change your life. Because yes, we will work on systems, curriculum development, staff training, uh, working on your brand, working on designing content, setting up a business financially for success, all those nuts and bolts. But really the personal development element that goes on for those four days, the networking, the relationships that we built, that is for a lifetime. And that is the premise. No glitz and glam of Vegas. You know, we sit and we get down, we roll up our sleeves, we go to work, we work in the school, we go for hikes, we journal together, we spend quality time for four days that really allows us to be in the most optimal learning environment possible. And that's what I think makes It's Time Live Balance unique. And if you sign up right now, when we fill up those 20 spots, they're gone. We're allowing you to bring any of your teammates only for the two days for $99. That's right. Two days for $99. Never done before. It's our eighth offering. My goal is that we spend that quality time with, with the 20 school owners, but allow them to let their team experience it. You ask Jason Smith, who's been here, Marco Mazzola, anytime your team can witness firsthand a company that's grossing $2 million a year with close to a thousand students between two locations, it just opens their eyes and they go, wow, if we can do this, then we can grow our schools to the, the version of success that we want. Hey, what's up, Alyssa? What's happening? Thank you for sharing that for me, Jason. Anybody coming aboard, please share this with as many people as you can and get them into the show. So what's today all about? Today's all about building a, a successful business, martial arts school in particular, from the ground up, from the ground up. All right, if you have any questions, throw them in there as we go along and I'm perfectly cool with that. So first of all, what, what I've experienced and seen in many cases in the martial arts industry throughout the decades is the reason we become martial arts school owners is number one, our instructor wills it to us, 
our instructor retires or we buy it for them, right? That's that's a pretty standard standard um, pathway into the martial arts business or two. We love the martial arts so, 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 so much. We love it so, so much that we um, <clears throat> open a business without any real world knowledge on running a business. So I think those are the two most challenging ways to open a business for any reason, for any reason, for any reason. I think it's really important that if you're going to open a business, there's certain things that need to happen. Now, whether it's Disney, Apple, who has shown the tech industry this year, hey, we've taken a hit, but look where we are. Apple's a very strong, strong company. It still remains one of the top 10 stocks. And even as we're witnessing um, tech companies take huge hits right now, huge hits. And Apple's taken a hit too, but not as bad as Meta, uh, some of the other companies out there. So it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, right? But the top four stock techs are, are still standing tall. Microsoft, uh, Google, Amazon, and Apple. So with that said, the first thing I want you to, to think about is why. Why do you want to open a martial arts business? You can put it in the comments. I'll be grateful to share it with everybody. Is why. Why do you want to open a martial arts business? Somebody just reached out to me from Brazil. And he said, you know, after studying you and being part of the disruptors, I finally decided I want to make martial arts my career. I want to open up a martial arts business. Okay, I said, great, wonderful. And it inspired me to want to do this show. Uh, a little bit about my background. I grew up cutting my teeth in my grandmother's restaurant, pushing a broom right into my father's martial arts school, which he had for 50 plus years. And from what I understand, it is closed now. Uh, right into a startup. And at the time, this would be a startup. It was a mobile disc jockey service. So they did weddings, company parties, high schools. And it was called Disco Downs Mobile Disco. Yeah, it was 1978, 79. And I started out as a roadie, setting up equipment, became a DJ, became a manager. When I started with that company, he had three vans and three setups. By the time I left that company, we were running 40 employees and 20 vans doing close to 300 shows per month. Yeah. So I took that company with him and, and that, that was my stance. And I, I know better now, but at the time I had said, you know, I either get a percentage of this company or I'm going to walk. That was it. And he said, well, I'll see you later because and nobody's going to buy that, right? Nobody's going to buy. They're going to tell you, see you later. But what the thing I did learn was how to take a company from nothing to something, right? I watched my dad and my grandma run a mom and pop business and it never grew. It was just one location. They ran it their way. They were very happy with it. It was personality driven and it worked for them. But both my grandmother and my father grew up when money was extremely short as we did. My father was never a rich man, but um, he was very frugal. So I think that's the big thing, why their businesses survived, even though they weren't systems driven, they were a mom and pop business, they ran strictly on personality, they were very disciplined when it came to spending money, and they never spent more than they made. Cool? And then working for uh, the gentleman, God rest his soul, Jerry Nowoski, uh, he took that from three all the way up to 20. I watched him accumulate three or four homes. I watched him buy a warehouse space. And witnessing that, I went, oh, you can scale and monetize the business 
oh, so he really planted the seed for that. And, and Jerry was one of my greatest teachers and, and I'll praise him to this day. And so in that, from that, what I took is, okay, this is what needs to happen. So I opened a DJ company, but my love and heart was into uh, getting a record deal and being a major recording star. And that eventually happened in the Philippines where I had a top 10 album, three top 10 hits, a number one song for six months. But before that, I owned my own DJ company and I sold it for about $100,000. And I remember growing that company and it was basically the same formula that Jerry taught me, right? Hire employees, get more vans, get more equipment and, you know, be able to serve these shows that was based upon service jerry was very very big on service as was my grandmother so i was very passionate about that so write that down if you've got a great product and you have great service and you really want to do this for your life creating a business you want to sell even though you're never going to sell it then we're starting in the right place cool all right so then the next thing that needs to happen i'd recommend for anybody that's starting a business please take some type of small business course. I don't care if it's online. I don't care if it's at a community college. Learning how to set up a business correctly is powerful. It's going to save you a whole lot of suffering down the road. Okay. And anyone coming aboard, say hi. I see a lot of people sitting in the cloud. Do say hi if you're here. Share this with everybody watching so more people can benefit from the learning that we are offering. All right. So I take some type of business course. I'd recommend you read several books. One is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh, the E-Myth Revisited. Anything in that realm of E-Myth is super powerful. I'd recommend that. So understanding the difference between being a technician, which is teaching the classes, to being an architect, the one designing the systems, designing the processes of training a team, designing the curriculum, all those things. That's the architect. That's the visionary. You need to move into that position. But for the first I don't know, five, six years, anybody will tell you I'm doing both. I'm the technician. I open the door that I take the money and I teach the classes, but I'm also the visionary trying to move this business from here to there, right? From being in the red into the black, from being personality driven business to being something sustainable ran by a team. So you're going to have to wear both hats in the beginning. Make no mistake. You simply will. That's why most of these franchises turnkey operation is BS. You don't hire a bunch of people and you turn a key and they run it. There's a certain amount of management and input that has to be put in by the owner to begin to make that happen. Cool? So be very mindful of that. And most of you, it's no problem. You love martial arts. You want to teach martial arts. You want to be on the mat. You want to make a difference in people's lives. Definitely. And I highly, highly recommend it. Cool? Cool, cool, cool. I see more people coming in. As you come in, do say hi. Put in your name. Let me know where you're tuning in from. So. Take a business course, read as much as you can about small business. I'd recommend you join the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, what's up, James? From the Mile High Resilient Martial Arts. I'd recommend you join the Chamber of Commerce, the Rotary Club. Uh, here it's the Millbrae Lions. Anything you can do to become in tune with the community that you're about to serve is going to be powerful for you. Now, so you took a small business course. Hopefully in that, one of the key components is writing a business plan. Did I do that with my first location? No, it happened really fast. I did it on $40,000 of money that wasn't even mine. Four or five friends came up $10,000, $3,000, $5,000. When it was done, I had $40,000. I never recommend that to anybody, anybody. But I did open my door with 100 students. 
Why? I was working with my instructor on a handshake, took a business from the red to the black within a couple of months. We were both clearing five grand. Not a lot at the time, but we were clearing five grand after all expenses. Somebody told him he didn't need me. So I cried like a baby. I was hurt, said I'd open up as close as you as I can and take as many students as I can. And I did. I was teaching at three health clubs, the Park and Rec, and two other martial arts schools. So when I opened my doors, I had 100 students that paid the rent. Everybody got you know money through the K-1. It was good. But I ate top ramen and lived in a rented bedroom for the first couple of years. Please make no mistake about this. The sacrifices you make to move that business is going to be monumental. I watch people open their doors and max out credit cards and do all kinds of crazy things. I'm like, what are you doing? But because we don't have any real world knowledge of running businesses, many schools do it that way. Cool? All right. So now you, you make a business plan, right? And in that business plan, there's some key elements. One is a demographic study where you understand I have a product. This is the demographic I want to serve. And do I fill that need? So most of us work with kids. So I recommend when you do that demographic study, you want at least three to five elementary schools within a three to five mile radius. Three to five. Uh, if you can get more, get more. Preschools, you want preschools galore. I would say a minimum of, of eight to 10. Eight to 10 within a three to five mile radius. Things you can pull from. Then I would also look at the average household income and out of all the homes in your community, how many are occupied by families? That's a big one. If I am in a community where there's 10% family-owned homes, that's not a good day. And I'm not talking old money either, where it's passed from generation to generation. I'm talking about the new family that moved in up the street from us that has an eight-year-old daughter. That works for us all day, every day. So you want to do a study on that as well. I'm extremely challenged when I work with school owners and I ask them, why did you open your school here? And the first answer out of their mouth, because I live here. And your point is, now, I live in a very affluent community. So opening where we opened was, was very strategic in the respect that my kids grow, grow up here. They go to elementary school here. My wife is on the PTA. I'm involved with the um, community very heavily. So it's a double-prong thing for us. We're not only able to have a product that fulfills a specific need and we have the demographic that fits it, we are also very affluent in this community and influential. So we're able to grow this to 285 students in one year. Now, it's all those factors that need to be in place. And if you could put all those key elements in place, you're in great shape. Great shape, great shape. Because I can stand at the bus stop picking up my kid, talking to another parent about life, getting to know them, planting seeds and sharing. By the way, we have a martial arts school. So I would highly recommend that if you want to stack the deck in your favor, in your favor, Open in the community that you live in only if it has the resources to, to, to back up what you do, right? And I just had a conversation because we're really positioning our business today differently. I want to be viewed as an investment. So as I look through my website and when it says things like, you know, my challenge, my kid has behavioral issues, you know, will the martial arts help him calm down? I really want to work away from that. And as we begin to revamp areas of our website, and rewrite copy, which is what we're doing now, because we wanted to leave it alone for a year and gather data from market muscles to see how it behaved. And based upon how it behaved, I've already made a bunch of changes and it hasn't affected my leads at all. 
And in talking to Steven Reinstein about that, this little side note, Steven said, well, you rank already in the top 10 in Google before you even worked with Market Muscles. Your reviews are high, your status in the community, you're established, you're connected. So, you know, your, your website really is like the Yellow Pages. You get leads organically. They will come through the website, but they come to you through referrals. They come to you because you're at this community event and then they'll go to the website. Cool? So we're in a little different position with that said. So I want you to be extremely mindful of that. Cool? All right. Now, so you do this demographic study. You decide, okay. We have the demographic here. We have the product and we fulfill their needs. Great. Wonderful. There's X number of elementary schools, X number of preschools. Uh, they have the average household income with disposable income that they could use towards an extracurricular activity like this, right? Martial arts for their kid. Great. And the majority of households are families with kids between the ages of one month and say eight or nine. All that works for me. So you want to make sure those things are in place. And if they're not, please don't open. Please don't open there just because you live there. Cool? All right. Then another thing that goes into that, which I think is really important, is your projections. In that, in, in, in that you do projections. Year one, we are going to have these many students and generate this much income. Year two, we're going to have these many students and generate these income. And then also when you do that, you say, well, because we have this product, this product, this product. We have excellent kids for three to five-year-olds. We have youth karate for six to 12. We have fitness kickboxing, which moms like, right? That, that's a natural low-hanging fruit. It feeds right into our culture. We have day camps, right? There's X number of day camps in the community. We do birthday parties because there's all these other facilities that do birthday We do after school. Whatever the different revenue streams you're going to have, you need data to support that. And so if I'm going to say in year one, we're going to have 100 students and generate this much revenue, and I go to a bank, they're going to go, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? Can't just be hypothetical. So that was the big thing too. Other than this strong demographic study that we did, when we did our projections, you know where I drew my projections from? Because I'd never owned a second location. I had never owned a second location. I went to Topkick on the East Coast. Very similar household incomes, demographics, tech companies, tech companies, those different things. We were very similar. Plus, the size of our schools, 3,700 square feet, 3,500, we're right in the same board. So I could say, well, here's a very similar business model, right? Same basic demographic, household income, the whole nine yards, basic model, after school, day camps, birthday parties, martial arts classes, same business model. They went from here to here in year one, year two, year three, and they're currently running five locations at the time. So I was able to go to the bank with that type of knowledge. But what it really showed the bank was I did my due diligence, right? I crossed my T's, I dot my I's, I did what I needed to do. So this is the summary of that. I remember in San Francisco telling them when I went to get a loan, I do a million dollars a year. I work 60 hours a week. I'm a hard worker. I'm there all the time. They give me a $30,000 line of credit. And I was like, what the hell? I, I make a million dollars a year. But the thing I didn't get that they got, you're a personality driven business. You get sick or hurt, can't work a day in your life. That business is gone. Oh, shit. Okay, great. Second time when I opened Millbrae, I went in with, well, we have one location that's ran without me. The second location, we have key people in place to do the same thing. It's a system driven business, not dependent upon me being there. This is what we're making in San Francisco. Here's the data for what's going on at Topkick, blah, blah, blah. They gave me a $300,000 loan. 
long story short. Long story short. So that's the point I'm trying to make. If you educate yourself and you come in strong, you'd be amazed. Why do you think so many people can get startups and get rounds and rounds of funding when it's all hypothetical? Because they look at the key players. They look at the business model. They look at their, their business plan. All those things to put them in a better position to succeed than fail. So I believe that's something that you must do. The last part of that business plan is a SWOT analysis. What is, that's an acronym. What does it stand for? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What are your strengths? Well, we've had one location for X number of years and it does this amount of money. It's not personality driven. It's ran by a team, et cetera. Okay. What are the weaknesses? Well, it's a new business in a new community. We know for a fact, you know, seven out of 10 small businesses fail year one, year two, year three, whatever those numbers are. Great. What are the opportunities? Well, this community lacks a quality martial arts score. This call, you know, this community lacks, however you want to slice or dice it, just come to the plate with a very clear plan. And then what are the threats? Well, if it's personality driven, it's based upon me. If I get sick or hurt, then the business is gone, right? What are your threats? Other schools can open. What are your threats? Well, lots of things now. There could be a pandemic. There could be a recession. What are the threats, right, in your business? What are the liabilities, right? Everything from sexual harassment to, you know, child endangerment to what are the actual threats in a business that comes with that when you work with children? So do a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threat. Put it in black and white and share it plainly when you go out and do that. See, and by doing all this type of legwork, you really come to the plate knowing, okay, this is what it's going to take to succeed. I remember year one, I, I, I felt... And from all the data I gathered, we could have 300 students in year one. We ended up at 285. That's a pretty good day, don't you think? But if you don't know where you want to go, it's like getting in a car and just driving aimlessly. If I'm clear I want to go to Disneyland, then I decide how I'm going to get there. I prefer flying. But if the budget didn't allow it, I would take freaking Greyhound. The point is, I want to go to Disneyland. It might take a little longer on Greyhound but I will eventually get to Disneyland. You see where I'm going with that? So depending upon your budget, I opened up Millbury with a $300,000 budget. Now, why was that important for me? Number one, you wanna make sure in this business, it is completely funded for the first year. I'm gonna tell you that. And if you can do that, then you're not sweating every month. How are you gonna make rent? You know, and you're not stressing on that. You're really focused on building relationships in the community that you plan on being there decade after decade. You with me? So I wanted to make sure personally, I had six months of expenses for the business. Now, in your case, if you're opening a new business, you need at least six months to a year of personal expenses and six months to a year of operating costs, including marketing, payroll, rent, the whole nine yards. And then you want to leave a little leeway for your, you know, your build out and all those different things. Cool. So make a point of that. I watch too many businesses fold too fast because they run out of money very quickly because they think they're going to open their doors and 100 people are going to come running through the doors. That's just not realistic. It's simply not when it comes to creating a new business. Okay. Now, let's go a couple of steps back. If you can be in the position I was in in San Francisco when I opened my doors with 100 students, happy you.
One of the things we differently we did in Millbrae, because we opened Millbrae with about 50. We put a table out front, like 24-hour fitness. We had a couple of jigsaw mats out there on a busy, busy day, bubble machine music, and we're out there signing up people, doing mock intros, doing mini intros right there, getting people to sign up. I wish I had my studio at the time. I would have signed them up through, this, through my cell phone or an iPad, but we didn't. So we took the 24-hour fitness approach. You know, we made sure that once we had the lease secured and the building secured and all that, we were out front every day. There was a sign on the building coming soon. We're out there selling classes. We're already in the community trying to get into the schools to do bully talks and different things like that. We're trying to make this social footprint very fast. That was a huge difference, huge difference. San Francisco, I did not have the budget, but the one resource I have that you have is your body, yourself. I remember being in a department store on a little riser doing fitness kickboxing classes, you know, in the athletic clothing department. We did everything we could. I campaigned for politicians with our demo team. We did everything we could to get out there. With San Francisco at night, after I finished cleaning the school, I had a staple gun. And I'm out there stapling flyers, would rip off numbers 22 years ago on poles. We would put little bills on windshields of cars because you can't put them in the mailbox. It's against the law. We're walking up and down the busiest streets on Sunday when parents are having brunch and stuff, giving out our little flyers in our one martial arts outfit. We're hitting all the parks. So there's a lot of guerrilla marketing, and that's another subject. But you need to have enough money to cover all your personal expenses, all your business expenses for at least six months to a year. Please do that at the minimum. Cool? All right. Now, before you sign that lease, you want to really understand lease negotiations. And the one thing I learned right away about lease negotiations is you never go into a negotiation you're not willing to walk away from. When the day's done, I'll walk away from any deal. I don't care how good the deal looks. I will walk away from any deal. So when I come to the table to negotiate, I'm not sitting in this place of desperation. I have to have this place. And I've had that happen with people. People have come to me and said, I really want this place. And I go, why? Well, because of ABC. Well, I said, what if you don't get it? Well, that's not going to work. Well, that can happen. Right. So you want to be mindful of that. I remember walking around the Millbury location when I brought my kids here. It was a little gym. And I said to my wife, you know, if we could have this location, prime location, because I'm a huge advocate of location, 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 a huge advocate. And I recommend you spend that little extra money and get a great location. That's important. A lot of foot traffic and anchor store, preferably. We have 24 hour fitness above us, Subway sandwich, right? A couple of doors down. We have two Starbucks here a block away. We have a big grocery store. We have Trader Joe's. All these things are here and they're all anchor stores that drive business to us. They've done the demographic study. Why do you think there's a 24-hour fitness here? Why do you think there's a Trader Joe's? Why do you think there's a Baskin-Robin ice cream? Why do you think? Because they understand the demographic, which is in line with our demographic. So that's powerful as well. Cool? And what happened was with Millbrae, we didn't get it. We freaking didn't get it. A bank got it. And so we figured, okay, we better start looking elsewhere. Lo and behold, the bank decided it was too big. And so we got it. And the band played on. So now I've got the lease. So keep the elements in the lease that you can always negotiate for. Number one is free rent. Free rent. You should be fighting for free rent because there's build out, all the different things got to happen. I always go to the plate with six months. 
Odds are they'll give you three. Three's a good day. Nowadays in San Francisco, we got so much empty space. They're going to be giving that stuff away for a deal. They simply want it occupied. We'll give you a year free rent because we're bleeding anyways. Right. So right now through this recession and stuff, is it a good time to open another business? Possibly, possibly just make sure the demographic still has the money to pay for your product. Because if I'm deciding put gas in my car or take martial arts lessons, right? Odds are I'm going to put gas in my car if people are in that position. And that's a demographic that you serve. Again, being here in California, for the most part, people have a decent amount of money and savings and backup, and they'll make sure their kids do not go without. Cool? And that's important. That's very, very important. Now, six months free rent, if you can, if you get three, that's a good day. Second, try to get the, the property managers to do most of your build out. Really. If they want new bathrooms and this and that and which or which, or you shouldn't have to pay for that. Bathrooms are upward of $20,000, right? You want bathrooms in here. You got to give this place. And, and what we try to say, it's got to be set up for me to operate. You can't give me this empty shell and expect me to put in your bathroom showers and everything else in your lighting. No, no, unless it's something special, right? If you're putting in standard lighting, standard bathrooms that are the same in this whole complex, you should foot the bill. And, and most, most of them will. So that's a pretty standard thing. Again, working with a school owner who didn't talk to me first, he goes, well, you know, we have to put this bathroom and this and that and this. I said, whoa, 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 pay attention there. Pay attention because that's not standard. That's, that's operating I've never seen. Now, ADA, that could be a different conversation. When I moved into Millbury, I had to put a $5,000 door opener because the landing wasn't right and I had to repaint the parking lot with new ADA uh, coating and stuff. That, that's, that happens very often. When new businesses come in, they brunt the cost of certain new codes and things like that. I was working with one school owner. He had to put a bathroom that wasn't even his in this complex that, you know, Joe E. Public could use. And he was not prepared for that. And he had already signed the lease. He started the bill out. And then they came at him with the ADA stuff. And that was another 50000 he was not prepared for. So he had to dig deep to try to find that money. So again, what does that all come down to? Do not freaking negotiate the lease on your own. Please do not. When the day's done, if you don't have a lawyer in the mix, you, you're not even at the table. There should always be a lawyer in the mix negotiating that lease, telling you the things you may not know. Pay the money now versus later. Okay, get a lawyer to help negotiate that lease up until the signing. Get a lawyer. Cool? And then, of course, a great accountant, bookkeeper, you want to set up that business tight and right. What are the licensing? What is the resale thing? You know, all those different things. You want to make sure they are right, right? They're right. And if a build out, that's another story. And that's another reason why getting a good general contractor who knows the codes, who knows all the permits and that. I had a great contractor for both Millbrae when I remodeled my home. We were able to negotiate permits and stuff, inspections pretty seamlessly. I was back in my house within one month of the actual due date. We remodeled San Francisco within a week. I'm very big on that because the more time that gets stretched out, the more money that costs me, the more money I'm paying contractors, the more I'm not operating. So I think it's very important when it comes into that part of your planning, the build out, the licensing, the permits, the insurances, all those different things. Make sure you're on point workers comp, the whole nine yards. Am I going to be an LLC? Am I going to be an S-Corp? Am I going to stay an LLC, but file as an S-Corp? And this might be getting a little over your head at this point, but if you haven't done these things, you better go back. You don't be operating for four or five years and find 
you weren't right and you owe all these back taxes and you're being fined by workers comp or those different things. So again, setting up a business for success, there's all those different moving parts. I know I'm going to open the door and just passionately teach and they will come. It doesn't happen that way. It simply doesn't. Cool. You got questions, put them in there. I, I know I'm laying a lot of stuff on you guys today. Um, we still got about 20 minutes to go, but this is important stuff. And those of you that are already own businesses, if you're not doing these things, it's not too late. Go back and take a hard look. You know, now's a good time to do that. You know, every year we go over all of our insurance. Is it still right? Or, or, or we, do we have the right uh, categorization? Because here's a classic example. Because you don't pay attention because you don't think about it. You think it's set it and forget it. You did not realize workers' compensation changed the category for martial arts schools, right? They throw us with gyms now, but they changed the category. And you didn't realize that with the change of that category, what you pay in workers' comp is a lot higher. And all of a sudden, you magically in the mail get this form that says, oh, you owe us $10,000. Well, how did that happen, right? Fortunately, we just got one in the mail that said, you know, you overpaid. Here's $227. It can go either way. In my years of doing business, I see that stuff all the time. I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? But it simply happens that way. Cool? It happens that way. So you want to set that stuff. But the constant review of that for the business owners that are on our, the constant reviewing of that is really important. It really, really is. We're looking at trying to consolidate. We did the belt out at 2.99, you know, for like 18 months right? It's pretty low interest. But if I can roll all of that into a, a lower interest rate, I will. I absolutely will. So we're looking at those things all the time because write this down. Interest is a waste of money, right? The interest, the finance charges you pay on a credit card, on a loan is a waste of money. So anytime you can reduce that or eliminate that or, you know, delay that so you can pay it down without that, more the merrier, more the merrier, right? More the merrier. And that's important. You know, and we experienced that last month. I ran a credit card up through the build out and stuff to $61,000. Boom, we had a $900 finance charge. What a waste of freaking money. But it happens. It happens, right? And you want to pay attention to that. Cool? Let me take a breath. How's everybody doing out there? Everybody put in the comments, say hi. Tell me what's new. How you feeling? How's the recession? Anybody feeling the impact of the recession yet? I know the gas companies aren't. They're just loving the. I mean, their profits are huge right now for the gas companies, right? But I do believe looking at the layoffs going on, even though unemployment's really low, there's tons of layoffs and hiring freezes going on that we want to pay attention to that. What does it have to do with us? Well, if people can't pay money to bring their kids to us, we're going to feel the impact of that. Has anybody felt that? Put it in the comments. Good. You're doing well. Who is it? It says Facebook user. Yeah. Slow, but steady growth. And, and, and I like that, Alyssa, you, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Slow is the new fast. You know, we, we were in a position this year, Alyssa, where, you know, we were stuck. We plateaued at about 950 and then we dropped to 938. We've been doing this like this all summer long. Right. And I'm going, what the heck? What happened was January through April, we had our best quarter ever 
in 22 years, just gangbusters. Then boom, war in, war in Ukraine, gas, you know, all this craziness just kind of like made people, you know, kind of edgy. And so for us, you know, we, we, we started inching back and I believe today we're up at 9.53, right? We're up at 9.53. And it just, you know, simply let's put the foot on the gas, right? When the train's out of the station, you don't slow the train down. You put your foot on the freaking gas and you amplify that thing tenfold and you go for it and you go for it. So as you saw, we had two anti-bullying workshops, one in SF, one in Millbrae, right? We had uh, given candy to a local school with our coupon attached to it. I'm doing a trunk or treat tonight, giving out 200 pieces of candy. Uh, tomorrow we have Halloween parties at both locations. We gave out a total of, I think, 100, 150 to our parents of things to give out as well. I mean, it's just on and on and on. We're sponsoring a silent auction with a parents' night out in November, as well as donating a week of camp to their silent auction. We bought a banner on the football field here at Mills. It just goes on. So we just put our foot on the gas. We put our foot on the gas. But with that, you just don't want to dole out money. I think what's important about that as well for us is that we realize our best resource is ourselves. So anytime we can put our body out there, my wife will be tonight at my son's uh, middle school dance. Is she going to be wearing one martial arts gear? You know, she will. She's working it, but she'll wear one martial arts gear. When I'm doing the trunk or treat, I'm wearing one martial arts gear with my wife's car all decorated. See, so, I mean, those types of things you can find, they're there. They're there. They're there. They're there. And then, of course, we did, um, we have a, food bank in November. We have Toys for Tots in December and we have one warm coat in January. The point is we're going to be a drop off. And that I think is really, really cool. People who never see us come here to bring toys. They come here to bring coats. So those types of things, I'm going to do the St. Jude's Cancer Research push-up challenge. I'll do 3,000 push-ups in 30 days. So 100 in a day, that's nothing. I'll go live at Facebook. You will promote it through the schools. I'll do my 20 push-ups. You know, with my son, we're going to challenge each other until we do 100 a day. See, that those types of things are all things you can do that promote your brand. Last night, I was at the Warriors game. Guess what? What does Chase Center have to do with the Warriors? Nothing. But did I use my Chase card to get a discount on food? Yes. Did I use my Chase card to buy memorabilia? Yes, I did. See, so that brand identification, to me, would I align myself with the Toys for Tots? Good for my brand. One warm coat? good for my brand, right? Um, cannabis dispensary up the street, not good for my brand, right? They're trying to open one in San Francisco and we're fighting it. We're fighting it right now. You see where I'm going with that? So you want to be looking for these opportunities every step you get, every, every opportunity you get, but it has to be in line with your culture and your core values, right? It simply does. Um, on and on and on. So that's how we stepped in. I do believe we're going to close out this year. Millbrae will do about a million dollars for sure. Millbury will do a million dollars. I think I looked today, it's at 850, something like that. And then San Francisco, I'm going to say 900. But I believe because we have a tuition increase in January that we offer everybody the opportunity to buy a year at the current rate, at the current rate, they can buy a year and pay in full. I think that's going to put us over the top. Uh, so, but we're doing good. And not to mention my personal consulting has done very well. So we're good, right? We're 
dealing a slow and steady growth at this point. Yeah, and slow and steady wins the race. You know, if you watch, again, a stock like Peloton through the pandemic, it went like this, man, up to $153 a share. Look at it now. What's Peloton now? 17 bucks. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't checked it in, in a while, but I think it's pretty low. Tell me what's Peloton stock, Marco. What is it right now? What was the highest and what was the lowest? See, but anything that goes up really fast, odds are it dies fast. And we've all witnessed that in our industry, right? We've watched people come on the scene really, really fast and disappear. Gone, gone, gone. And I saw through the pandemic, some of these really hard, heavy sales-driven business, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. You know, we had two pretty big mega schools, right? Which is a tough road to hoe. A tough road to hold through something like the pandemic and a recession, but we'll tighten our, our 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 belt straps. You know, we have money in reserves. We're mindful of that, and we cultivate that so we're in a position to weather any storm they put in front of us. Oh, it's Sensei Mish. What's Sensei Mish? How's it going? So put that in there for me, Marco. So I'm grateful to see Alyssa, Jason, that slow and steady is winning the race for you, and you're slowly growing this business. Cool? Because that's really what it should be. Okay, great. Now, let's see. A hundred, okay, here we go. L listen to this, you guys. Wow. Peloton was $162 a share two years ago. Today, it's $7.95. That's a bad day. Man, that's, that's almost as bad as crypto, however you want to slice or dice that. So be mindful of that. What goes up really quick drops really quick. And that's what we saw in the first year. We hit 285 and I was like, dancing, dancing, dancing. Boom. Then we flatlined for a while. And I didn't know what was going on with that. We had just really impacted and saturated the community. So we had the tire kickers, people run to the doors. Let me do martial arts, kickboxing. But once the dust settled, then we had to earn people's trust. They want to make sure, well, they're going to be there next year and next year and next year. So we had to earn. So by the end of year two, we were only at 350. Yeah, and here we are now in year eight, and we're at what, 480, something like that. So you got to realize you're going to saturate a community and you're going to plateau. There's only so many people in that community unless there's an influx, an influx, an influx constantly that either you go open another one five miles down the road or you realize this is where it tops out. This is where it tops out. And, and that's cool too, as long as the harder part is not getting there. The harder part is sustaining it. All right, it's sustaining it. So, Lease sign, build out, free rent, money in the bank, year worth of, you know, bills paid, everything's good. Then you want to set about creating a business that is sustainable, growth-oriented. But more than that, it's really true to a purpose with core values and brand absolutes. That's vital. That is so vital because if people not buy into what you do. If people believe in what you do, you're going to build a tribe of raving fans that are going to go out there for you. So number one was scheduling. That was a big one, right? I had beginning classes six days a week when we opened our location. Do you know why? Do you know why? Well, because I don't know you. The huge obstacle is, does this fit my schedule? And if it doesn't, forget it. I'm not doing it. If it does not fit my schedule, I am not doing it because I don't know you from Adam. So we were offering beginning classes six days a week. And I remember one of my former employees went to me, hey, you know what? We got five people on Monday and 
you know, 10 people on Tuesday and five on Wednesday and three on Thursday and six on Friday. Why don't we just put them all together on Tuesday and Thursday? I said, nay, nay. I said, well, why? Because it's got to fit their schedule, not ours. And I want this school to have something going on all the time. Nothing worse than to come by a business and it's closed or it's open. And there's nobody in there, much like a restaurant, much like a restaurant. Right? If I go by a restaurant, and there's nobody in it. Don't you feel uneasy about eating in there, right? If you've never been to the restaurant and you see a restaurant that's empty, right? Would you think twice about eating in it? Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. So I say I would be uneasy about that. So one of the things we did do, and I kid you not, we hooked up with the Girl Scouts, free confidence workshop on Friday with Troop, you know, 122. My sons was in here on a Saturday playing dodgeball with his friends. We gave away free birthday parties, free birthday parties to everybody in my son's elementary class. You know, anything to keep this place rocking, keep it busy. Now, sure, I'm paying rent anyways. So all the families did was bring pizza and cake and party favors and things like that. We didn't pay for any of that, but we kept this place busy, 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 busy. Busy, busy, busy. That's where the whole thing with the art and wine festival came from. Most businesses will shut their doors because they want people in there using bathroom. It's transient people. They're not going to buy nothing, blah, 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 blah. They're buying food off the street, not the restaurants. So, but we opened up one martial arts to everybody to hang out, play dodgeball, use our bathrooms, fully air conditioned. And I recognized that was, you know, indigenous with my, from the day we opened our doors. We've always want this place to be packed. So that's why it's not uncommon when we sponsor a Little League team, when the season's over, we do the party here at One Martial Arts. We supply the trophies and the pizza and all the stuff. We even help get the prize for the coaches. We do all of that because I want this place to be packed constantly, constantly, constantly. I want this place to have people. So with a new business, you fill up your dance card. Write that down. Do everything you can to fill up your dance card. Is it all going to make you money? Not necessarily, but I want to make sure it's feeding the demographic. Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, my son's elementary school, his friends playing dodgeball, a little league team. Isn't that all within our demographics if we cater with kids? Absolutely. Mom self-defense classes, da, 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 on and on, on and on. Because if I'm going to promote my business, I'm not going to fill it with a bunch of UFC fighters on fight night. That's not my demographic. So why would I do that? That's a waste of time and money. But to offer our place up for a PTA meeting where we watch the kids on the mat and feed them pizza so more parents can come to this PTA meeting and meet in our back room all day, all day, all day. So you want to look for those opportunities and do everything you can to fill up your calendar with some type of activity. You with me? All right. Now, in opening your doors to a successful business, I don't believe in direct mail. Write it down. Brandon Belisa does not believe in direct mail. But in hanging out with Roland Osborne at the time we were touring Germ Germany together, we sat in a pub and we sat there and, and had this conversation um, where he said, I want you to do direct mail. I said, man, Roland, direct mail doesn't work, dude. He goes, I know. But for a grand opening, it will. All right. So we did it two months out, one month out, two weeks out and the week of. And I spent close to 10 grand on this between the pieces. You know, the neat thing about direct mail is you can pick specific zip codes to fit what you need. 
All right. And so we did that and we got the mayor to cut the ribbon. I had a friend bring his demo team. We had our demo team. We had a food truck out front and we gave away iPads and prizes and hundred dollar Visa gift cards. You want people to come free food, free money. That's it. They didn't know us from Adam. And this place was packed for three, four hours. A lot of pictures, a lot of footage, a lot of goodwill. And that was able that I think at that event, we signed up another 35, 40 actual students. Trials don't mean nothing. You know, I don't, trials don't mean nothing. I want to sign up students. And would I come in with offers to begin with? Yes. Would I do $99 for four weeks in uniform? Yes. Do we do that anymore? No. One free trial class, sign up directly for a membership. But we did that in the beginning because you need to get them in there. Did we do Groupon? Yes. Did we do Yelp? Yes. Do we do any of that now? No, we don't. But you have to do what you got to do in the beginning. And I think that's mindful. That's mindful for that. Jason's sharing. We're doing the same for one of the local soccer teams. We also sponsored the high school football team, which gave us a banner. Good. Just like we did for the home game. Then we are a major sponsor for the Christmas festival. Good. And then make sure you give out, you know, again, making that booth so fun, right? Have someone dressed as Santa Claus, bubble machine, uh, make hot cocoa. Remember, whoa, it's a demo team. No, you want to get people in your booth, beat people and keep them there a long time. So whatever you can do, the longer I can keep you in the booth, the more chance I have to plant seeds and build a relationship. I'll sit at that trunk or treat tonight. And you know, my wife's brilliant. She said to me Wednesday night, uh, you're going to do a trunk or treat on Friday. I said, what? So I had to rush to Costco and get freaking another five, $600 worth of candy. Uh, we had all the stuff ready printed. So I had to do it on the copier and hand cut these freaking things, 500 little coupons. But you know what? My wife is brilliant. And she's going to use all of my daughter's squishmallows for the theme of the back of this trunk or treat. You go, babe. That's why I love my wife. You know, because the thing is, when you have opportunities, you just don't go, no, forget it. That's okay. We can't do it. No, you capitalize. You freaking capitalize. You go for the jugular and you make it happen, right? Successful people are just willing to do what unsuccessful people are not, but within values. Cool? All right. So the, and then, then we did the grand opening. So that's just the beginning. There's so much to running a successful business day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. There's a whole long, long, long list that I can only begin to tell you. And why is it that I've owned businesses for 22 years, but successfully have grown into two locations? Somebody said that to me. I've known you all this time, man, and now you make 2 million instead of 1 million. Yeah, because I want to scale and monetize within my value system, also based upon my personal work-life balance of taking care of my family and taking care of my kids. All those different things need to happen. There's a great book by Jim Collins, How the Mighty Fall. And they talk about the undisciplined pursuit of more. If you're just doing it to do it and it's an undisciplined practice and it's not a clear plan, you're going to fail fast. And we've all seen that too, right? I've watched curves. They came out pow, 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 everywhere, gone. We had this thing, Volari's Karate in the 80s. They were here. They spread like wildfire, gone, gone, because it's the undisciplined pursuit of more. I will open more locations to benefit my team. And that's it. That's it. I'm well off. I'm very grateful to God. I'm blessed every day. So this is where I am. I want to work with you. I want to affect change. I want to go out into the world and impact a bigger community. Me and Roland had that conversation too. He said, the reason I have hyper because I can reach more people. If I have one brick and mortar location, it's a three to five mile radius. I've got friends in Florida. 
have a good friend in Jason. I have a good friend in Marco. I've developed these worldwide relationships. Mish, on and on. James, you know, is because I want to work beyond that three to five mile radius. That's my goals. That's my vision. So you have to decide that for you. Cool. All right. Let's thank our sponsors. One more time. Market Muscle, Stephen Reinstein's in Japan. Good for you, sir. I hope you have a great time being in Okinawa, doing what you do. My studio, you saw the new updates. Mass ranking, love it, love it, love the mass ranking updates. I was showing it with my team. We can go in and hit yellow bell and update all of them to their next bell. Super cool, right? You can go into events now and you drop down menus so you get the answers you want from people. You can export lists out of that. So if I only want to send an automation to the people that are non-students from that event, it's there. It's all there. So thank you to two and the gang out there, always getting better. Kids love life skills. If you do not have kids love life skills, I'm going to tell you to get it now. Position yourself as an investment, an investment especially through this recession. I'm doing that right now. I sent out an email. I want pictures of my kids as a white belt and a picture of your kid as a black belt. And we're going to promote that. You know, we've always done that, but not consistently. And when I saw Chris Rodriguez get a couple of posters for her school with that theme, I said, you know what? That's one of those aha moments. I want to raise the bar and go back to that. And you see, and I've done that. And I've done things like, what does Cornell and Stanford have in common? All have kids who earn black belts at One Martial Arts. I'm going to work that into our content, into our social media, into our website. I want that to be a common theme. I think I'm even going to throw it on the handouts our parents take. So we really position ourselves as an investment. Stop using the word membership. Change it to wish and investment right now. Stop calling your guys instructors or coaches. Call them teachers and amplify your life skills tenfold. Cool? And then last but not least, my sister at LC Accounting. Love you, my sister. You know, she, she's my anchor. She allows me to be creative because she handles all of my financial stuff. Everything. Everything. All of my financial stuff. And I'm grateful to have my sister uh, as part of them. If you need a great bookkeeper, talk to her. A friend of mine dresses as Grinch. We're having a photo with the Grinch event in December. Oh, I like that one. Hey, that might be pretty cool, right? Instead, because we do one with Santa Claus, right? And then we sing Christmas carols. I whip out the guitar. We sing Christmas carols. You know, we do Oriental trading. We do a Christmas tree thing. We have cookies, the whole nine yards. Maybe we should do a photo with the Grinch. I like that. I like that, Mish. Wow, that's cool. That's super cool. Hey, folks, everybody here, as always, you know, I love you. I appreciate you. Share this broadcast. I believe the information I offer is disruptive. And much like much of the world, people don't want to hear this stuff. They don't. They don't. Especially your digital marketers. I want you to spend a thousand bucks a month. And the fundamental, you know, nuts and bolts of your business is not even together. Not even together. And you're sitting there spending all this money on digital marketing. You want to put a bad restaurant out of business? Give them great marketing. Get your stuff right. Get your stuff in order. Set your business up right. And above all, like I said at the top of the broadcast, if you want to create a successful business, great service, great product. Cool? So where am I going to see everybody? April 15th through 18th. It's Time Live Balance, right? You get signed up for the four days. There's only 15 spots left. They're starting to move now. I know it's early, but it, they're already moving. 15 spots left. Any of your teammates can come for $99 for the two-day. Don't say, can I pay $99 and pay the balance for the four-day? Does not exist. 
The 20 spots are for people that I want to immerse myself with for four days and spend quality time with. So I make the relationships that I have today with so many of you, right? You know what it's all about. Get signed up for the four days. Any team members can come out for $99 for the two days. Cool? Cool, cool, cool. All right. Hey, Marco, thank you as always. Big hand to Marco, everybody. Watch it. He's going to post that Facebook. His signs are going up. The pony wall is going in. Looks like the one here we have one martial arts. Um, I love you, Marco. I'm so happy for you. It's a dream come true. You know, as I've watched Marco and worked with Marco through the years, and now he's got a baby and his wife and everything's happening, just like Andre in Germany. He's got a school, 500 students. He's got a wife, a baby. Things are happening. Just a beautiful thing. Jason's leaving work, right? James has got the government stuff going on, you know, with growing the school. He's working on his brand. James, proud of you. Put your head down. You've been working. You know, you haven't seen James at, at Facebook, right? You guys, he's put his head freaking down and he's doing the real work. Somebody said that there's no, there's no shortcuts. Are there? I said, no, there are no shortcuts. Go, man, that's messed up. No, it's not. It's good stuff. There should be no shortcuts. There is no shortcut to success. That's why I don't listen to these digital marketers and these salespeople and consultants get you a thousand leads in 10 days. And that's just bullshit. It is. And I'll say that. Can I say that without being canceled? I've been canceled in so many martial arts arenas. Cancel. Cancel Brandon Beliso. Cancel him. Cancel. Cancel. You know, I believe I speak a very sound truth. It may not be other people's truth, but it's my truth, and it's truth I back up with data. I just don't pull this stuff out of the air. It's data. It's 35 years of owning small businesses, not just martial arts schools. And it's done from a very leveled point. Uh, somebody, and I'll leave you with this. They go, man, Brandon, you know, you're really balanced. Yep. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Eat good most days. Take care of my wife. Take care of my family. I take care of my team. I believe I'm a good representation of what most martial arts schools aspire to be. If you're a small business owner, cool. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to this podcast, everything. Follow me at Instagram. Tell more people about the disruptors and what we do. I'm, I'm counting on you to do that. Cool. I'm Brandon Bliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life.